This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topics, U.S. submarine hits USO. And where is Tom DeLong? That's correct. A U.S. submarine has collided with some type of USO. And by the way, where's Tom DeLong at? We'll get to both those questions right now. Now, you can go to the website, ufowarning.com, and find links to both these articles and a short video there that I downloaded, a link to that, to keep up with the program. The first article comes to us from thedrive.com, always a just a really uh, superior uh, resource for uh, cutting-edge topics. It says, One of the Navy's prized Sea Wolf-class submarines has suffered an underwater collision. And this is the update version. It says, The U.S. Connecticut's nuclear reactor was unaffected by the undersea accident, but the Navy won't say what exactly the submarine hit. So, the Navy may have identified what they've hit, but they certainly aren't identifying it for us, which qualifies this as a unidentified submersible object. Articles by Joseph Trevithick, and it says, The USS Connecticut, one of the U.S. Navy's highly advanced and secretive nuclear-powered Sea Wolf-class submarines, is on its way back to port after suffering an underwater collision. The service says that there were no life-threatening injuries among the members of Connecticut's crew as a result of the accident. The submarine itself is a safe is in a safe and stable condition, and its reactor plant was unaffected and remains operational. USNI News was the first to report on this accident, which occurred on October 2nd. The Navy would not say where the submarine was at the time of the collision, beyond in the international waters, somewhere in the Indo-Pacific region, or what it hit. The service also only said that Connecticut was now headed to a port in the U.S. 7th Fleet area of responsibility, which includes the Western Pacific Ocean and a significant portion of the Indian Ocean, as well as various bodies of water in between. The, in between. the U.S. 7th Fleet has its main headquarters in Japan. So there has been some question of whether or not the Chinese were involved with this, but, you know, the basic, I think, uh, accepted uh, theory on Chinese military equipment is that it's junk compared to the U.S. And it seems like if it would have collided with a uh, Chinese submarine, the submarine would have either sunk or would have had to come to the surface uh, in distress. So it's strange that they're not talking about that. It also says the U.S. Pacific Fleet has now also issued a formal press release regarding the incident which is as follows, and of course the officials are saying, quote, the Sea Wolf class fast attack submarine USS Connecticut SSN-22 struck an object while submerged on the afternoon of October 2nd while operating in international waters in the Indo-Pacific region. The safety of the crew remains the Navy's top priority. There are no life-threatening injuries. The submarine remains in a safe and stable condition. 
USS Connecticut's nuclear propulsion plant and spaces were not affected and remain fully operational. The extent of damage to the remainder of the submarine is being assessed. The U.S. Navy has not requested assistance. The incident will be investigated. Then it goes on and says, In March, news had emerged that the submarine was suffering from an infestation of bedbugs, which turned into something of a controversy that you can read more about here. The Navy announced in May that Connecticut had departed its home port at Naval Base Kitsap Bremerton in Washington State for deployment to the Pacific. The submarine is known to have made at least two port visits in Japan, one in July and one in August. Submarines hitting things while submerged is not necessarily as uncommon as one might think. Just in February of this year, the Japanese submarine Soryo hit a cargo ship while surfacing in the Pacific Ocean. In 2016, the UK Royals Navy Astute-class nuclear submarine HMS Ambush also suffered an underwater collision with the commercial tanker off the coast of Gibraltar. The U.S. Navy is no stranger to these kinds of accidents either, with the USS San Francisco infamously suffering major damage to its bow after hitting an underwater seamount in 2005. These are just some examples. Then it says Connecticut is one of only three Seawolf-class boats ever built all of which were originally designed in the twilight of the Cold War to serve as advanced attack submarines, a combination of U.S. defense budget cuts following the collapse of the Soviet Union and the growing cost of the program itself led the Navy to abandon its plans to acquire 29 of the submarines. In 1983, the estimated unit cost of each one of these boats was pegged at $3.1 billion more than $8.5 billion in 2021 dollars, making them the most expensive attack submarines ever designed. So you have a ship with a replacement cost of $8.5 billion, and we're hitting things underwater, and we can't tell you what we're hitting. Today, Connecticut, along with her sister USS Seawolf and USS Jimmy Carter, are particularly well known for their ability to cruise quietly for extended periods of time under the ice in the Arctic, and are understood to be heavily engaged in intelligence gathering operations, among other specialized mission sets, Jimmy Carter is itself the lone example of a distinct subclass with a submarine featuring a 100-foot-long extension called the Multi-Mission Platform, which along with other modifications give it additional capabilities to perform underwater espionage operations, as you can read more about here. Given the small size of the Sea Wolf fleet, and the already costly nature of the design, the Navy may be looking at a particularly large repair bill to return the submarine to activity, to active duty, depending on the severity of the damage that the Connecticut suffered in this collision. There are no spare donor holes to serve as ready sources for spare parts, or even complete structural sections to help reduce and otherwise speed up the process. At the same time, the Navy may feel compelled to spend whatever it takes to preserve the advanced capabilities that the boat offers, the service is only now in the early stages of developing a new class of attack submarines that it wants to have Seawolf-like capabilities. Regardless, thankfully, it does not appear that anyone was severely injured in the accident. Well, I find that to be quite interesting, and I also find it quite interesting that we just have no idea what they hit. Uh, could it have been some kind of a landmass? I mean, would they be... Would they, would they be navigating that close to the bottom of the sea, wherever they're at. Where they at. And it simply says that they were in the Indo, 
that Pacific region, well, that's that's actually uh, quite a large quite a large uh, region of of, uh, of uh, water right there. Now I want to see here if we can get back. And look at this next article um, that involves our old friend Tom DeLon. This might take just a second here to get up. Uh, Academy to the Stars, I guess, has recently released their uh, documentary. And someone is finally uh, beginning to ask some questions about just what is Tom DeLong's involvement uh, with the deep state and is... Uh, somebody uh, basically using Tom DeLong as a pawn, as some sort of a tool to actually uh, form a narrative here. The, the narrative that, you know, the deep state uh, would actually uh, want us to be aware of. Not not something that necessarily would be the truth, but something that they would like to push on us. And I think that that really uh, has been the problem that I have had with uh, Tom DeLong and to the Academy yeah, this whole time, actually. It seems like uh, I'm not really uh, convinced the way he makes his arguments. Is always It always seems like he's talking down to people, uh, as if we're a bunch of five-year-old kids, and uh, Tom DeLong is uh, sitting up there in his throne with all the answers, and it's uh, up to Tom and Tom alone to explain to us, you know, uh, what's going on, uh, what the current state of affairs is with the uh, uh, UFO investigations. And then somehow we're supposed to believe this guy that that he actually has our best interest in mind. Now, this second article can be found on the War Zone, also uh, part of the drive.com, just a great resource for material. And it's written by Tyler Rogaway. And the title says Tom DeLong's Origin Story for the Stars Academy, for To the Stars Academy, describes a government UFO info operation. And it's got a picture of Tom there. Then it says uh, key players on the To the Stars Academy team. A group with curiously impressive resumes from the military, industrial, and intelligence complex, highest rungs and darkest corners, are virtually everywhere in the media right now. And what has been one of the most impressive media pushes I have seen in a long time, the group has gone all out in promoting their new show, Unidentified, on the History Channel. At the same time, as if right on cue... Which it isn't, which isn't all that surprising. Huge UFO-related stories have hit the mainstream media. These have included on-the-record accounts of the of Navy fighter pilots recently encountering UFOs, and an announcement of the service service's own rule changes regarding how personnel report how personnel report the, these incidents. We have gone in depth on each of these stories in an attempt to cut through the static and get to the truth, 
or at least the possibilities surrounding what could end up being the truth. Now, before I go on, uh, if you'll go to the website ufowarning.com, ufowarning.com, there's a short video that I've linked there that where uh, Tom does his uh, little intro with um, uh, concerning uh, to the stars Academy, to the stars academy, blah blah blah. Anyway, they've got all uh, the usual suspects linked in there, uh, Louis Elizond and all the guys. And, and I I titled I titled the video "Would You Buy a Used Car from This Guy?" And I'm totally serious. You watch the video. Look at Tom DeLonge's body language. Look at the body language of all these former uh, deep state employees. And ask yourself, would I buy a used car from any of these guys? Where's my trust level at with these fellows? Because it's obvious to me they're trying to sell us something. And I've said this all along. I've done multiple reports about uh, just uh, the garbage uh, chain of uh, custody links as far as who got the videos, you know, people picking up top secret videos uh, in a parking lot, uh, turning them over to Tom DeLong and company where they're, uh, they get a, they get a watermark stamped on them and somebody's able to monetize these videos. It's just basically taking things out of what should be the public sector and privatizing them. The same kind of nonsense that we see going on when we hear about uh, these privately held companies suddenly coming into posi- coming into possession of uh, UFO metamaterial parts that have fallen off UFO supposedly that we no longer have access to because oh a private company owns those uh, where did you get it from when the only people that investigated it were government agents in some cases and if not why doesn't the US government have possession of this stuff as a matter of national security so it's a very sketchy area, a very opaque area, and one I have a lot of problems with. Now, it goes on, it says, um, at the same time as if right on cue, which isn't surprising, the huge UFO-related stories have hit the mainstream media. These have included on-the-record counts of the Navy fighter pilots recently encountering UFOs and announcement of the service's own rule changes regarding personnel report, how personnel report these incidents. Well, how people report these incidents doesn't mean anything if they're all reported as drones. Okay, Let's just get that point uh, right out there. We have gone in-depth on these topics, he says. It goes on says, yeah, One of the most fascinating but seldom discussed elements of this whole story is how to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences came to be and who the mysterious people were that had a direct hand in making it a reality. Even by its principal founder's own bizarre yet highly detailed account, which you will read in a read in full in a moment. It sounds far more akin to making to the making of a tightly controlled government information and psychological operation than the result of a group of highly qualified people who were interested in accessing new insights on the subject of UFOs. Well, bravo. Somebody finally said what I've been saying for a couple years now. But what's more likely? The government's pushing its own narrative, the deep state, in order to control what people think about UFOs? Or a bunch of people, out of the goodness of their heart, simply uh, absconded with these UFO videos, uh, turned them over to their buddies who could make money off of them, and now we're to believe that they're all in this for the good of mankind. It goes on and says, 
Enter Tom DeLong, the former Blink-182 frontman turned UFO impresio, who is very much the central figure that brought to the Stars Academy to life, even though his role in the quasi-research and entertainment corporation has been subdued publicly in the months leading up to the premiere of Unidentified. Uh, I, I just want to say, I watched part of Unidentified on YouTube, and I couldn't sit through it. I just could not sit through and watch the same deep state people uh, peddle same, the same vanilla stuff that we've seen uh, thousands of times. I'm interested in getting into deep water. I'm interested in, into finding out why we have mutilated cattle with no blood at the scene. I'm interested in seeing why we have uh, people who have had implants taken out of their bodies and have claimed horrific abuse by these things. I'm interested in mass sightings. I'm interested in up-close stuff. I'm not interested in so much in a tic-tac that was filmed uh, darting back and forth and it's so blurry you can hardly see it. I want to see the good stuff. Okay, I want to see the good stuff. It says, this, is, this has included the removal of some online videos featuring Tom talking about the strange journey that led to the establishment of the company and its impressive roster of advisors, as well as jump-starting its various highly ambitious initiatives. Tom definitely has one of the most fantastic tales you will ever hear as to how this all came to be. He has told the story numerous times with varying degrees of cohesion, hyperbole, and eyebrow-raising claims mixed in. But we have to stress the nuts and bolts of this account have been remained remarkably consistent over the years, and we can now say in a Warzone exclusive that the narrative seed that anchors Tom's entire yawn is indeed factual. This surrounds Tom's claims that an employee party at what we found out to be Lockheed's Skunk Works started it all. Remember Skunk Works? The inventors of the stealth planes we've talked about, uh, where the plane that they created was so advanced that they had to bring in these guys with, you know, master's degrees and PhDs in physics, and bring their knowledge of physics up to the level where they could create the airplane. Yeah, that skunks works. This chance opportunity evolved into the high-level meetings with top officials from the world's premier bleeding-edge aerospace design firm, and catapulted him into a purportedly clandestine world that would make any espionage thriller writer blush. This confirmation doesn't come from undisclosed sources, but directly from Skunk Works itself. Wow, you got to wonder, who was sitting around Skunk Works and said, you know who we need to get on this? We need to get Tom DeLong on this. Yeah, Tom DeLong, he's the guy. That's the guy we want to be the face of uh, UFO uh, disclosure. Yeah, Tom DeLong, that's the guy. Get him on the phone. Sounds very strange to me. You have to wonder what Tom's history is. What's his family history? Where's his background? Is this not some sort of like third, fourth, fifth generation deep, deep seated, deep state plant? It says, this is the official statement the Skunk Works gives, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, Tom DeLong. Uh, reached out to Skunk Works with interest in collaborating on a documentary focused on secret machines and advanced development projects. Multiple members of Skunk Works team met with Tom DeLong to explore his vision for a documentary, as we would with any individual or organization interested in telling the story of Skunk Works and the technologies we developed. Oh, right. 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 I would challenge any of you. Well, I wouldn't, because you might end up in jail 
or on the FBI terrorist list. But I wonder, I wonder what the results would be if Joe Blow off the street somehow got a hold of the number of Skunk Works and said, hey, we'd like to do a documentary about you. Just wondering. I don't know. These guys seem to be pretty transparent according to their, according to their own account. Nothing going on here, folks. Skunk Works team met with Don Long to explore his vision for the documentary, as we were with any individual or organization interested in telling the story of Skunk Works and the technologies we've developed. We ultimately decided to not move forward with our participation in the documentary. During this exploration period, DeLong attended a Skunk Works employee event. Almost seems like a little excuse to let the camel's nose in under the tent. This admission is remarkable as it is heavily as it heavily lends to truth to the rest of Tom's remarkable story. After the meeting at the Skunk Works, Tom claims to have met with top officials at NASA, the Air Force, the US intelligence apparatus, and the highest rungs of US politics, all of who worked cooperatively to provide him with a highly qualified team of deeply entrenched government insiders to help direct efforts and supply him with what can only be considered amazing information. This is why when people tell me that Trump felt like there was a conspiracy against him, or when Trump says that rather, and people say, oh, he's so dumb. No, 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 no. Conspiracy. Conspiracies happen all the time, every single day of the week. People go to prison for conspiracies. And look what happened here. Tom DeLong shows up, and the apparatus goes into motion. Multiple actors immediately begin to work to help Tom. A conspiracy to help Tom. When you can't even get a FOIA request answered, but we got a whole team of guys helping Tom because he shows up? Come on. He goes on and says, That information would be doled out piece by tiny pieces, and the releases of it to the public would be tightly controlled under strict terms. Tom elaborates on his pitch to the powers that be, in which he notes the military-industrial complex has been painted in a very bad light over the years, with its image being degraded massively within the public sphere, and especially among millennials. Well, yes, as a 40-year-old something guy, Tom's here to rehabilitate the image of the military-industrial complex, because they're really nice guys. I think it was just released last week that they said 90% of the drone hits during this whole 20-some year debacle of the Afghan-Iraq war hit the wrong targets, incinerated innocent people, 90%, 90% inaccuracy, 90% killed the wrong people. They can't even build a drone missile that works properly, Tom. But you're going to defend them to the younger generation because they're 45 years old? You're still cool. I find this sickening, to be quite honest with you. Here, let me climb in bed with you. I haven't made enough money as a rock and roll guy, if you call what he produces rock and roll. Let me climb in bed with you, and I will polish your image among all the youngsters out there. I don't know, I find it quite disturbing, actually. He goes on and says, Amazingly, DeLong says that the officials that agreed to help him thought that the timing was just right for this type of suspicious arrangement. This puts me in mind of that whole Theranos thing. I haven't been following the news at all. This 
I don't know. This, seriously, I find unusual lady, let's just say, that was going to invent the machine that could uh, analyze your blood with a single drop of blood. And she got uh, James Mattis on the board and Henry Kissinger and all of these 75, 85, 95-year-old men on the board. And they gave her money and she raised millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. And then she got herself hooked up with Safeway, I think, for $367 million. And she walked around wearing Steve Jobs black sweaters and talked in an artificially deep voice took her Siberian Husky to work and told people that it was a wolf. Yes, lots and lots of craziness, but nobody could believe that she was full of beans. Now she's, of course, facing most of the rest of her life in prison for fraud. Oh, her dad was involved with Enron. Nothing to see here, nothing to suspect here, because she's so young and attractive, especially with that crazy, deep, baritone voice and the black sweaters. The ruling class is not quite as bright as they try to convince us that they are. If you really pay attention to the news, they're constantly losing money in scams. They're constantly screwing things up. They're constantly killing the wrong people. Okay? The more you study the ruling class and the deep state, you wonder, my gosh, it seems like 80% of them are complete morons. You wonder how anything is held together. And this is no different. It goes on and says, in in all, we can we can easily, if not undeniably, read his own story as the government assembly, a novel, non-governmental informational platform that sits somewhere between credible and questionably credible, and that can work to directly mold the public's perception of the UFO phenomena and defense industrial complex. Oh, and by the way, send Tom DeLong a FOIA request and see what happens. This is about obfuscating the whole issue of UFOs, about hiding information from the general public, and about giving you a spoon-fed version of the garbage they want to feed you. It says, it would be easy to disregard Tom's story due to a number of factors, including an avalanche of fantastic claims regarding paranormal issues, including UFOs that he has made over the years. One particularly unfortunate interview with Joe Rogan would be enough in and of itself, for someone to walk away from all Tom's claims. But for the purpose of this piece, we won't get into those statements, as the cold hard truth is that the very equity and group of advisors Tom said he was assembling under far-fetched circumstances years ago has indeed materialized in an equally fantastical degree. In fact, many of the people he didn't name directly in interviews dating back to 2015 have now been publicly disclosed or set directly on his council, and they are an impressive folk, list of folks indeed, like a punk rock king author of the UFO community that is supported by a round of table of extremely qualified people that have mountains of credibility and professional connections in their quivers. DeLong, his team, and a group of fresh UFO-obsessed enthusiasts, filmmakers, bloggers, and commentators have turned the long-laughed-at UFO community on its head. As it sits now, it can't be denied that their collective work has thrust the UFO issue from the laughingstock of fringe science and tinfoil hat culture into the headlines of mainstream media. Now, I'm gonna, not going to finish the article out there. It's quite long, quite interesting, quite well written. But I want to say something.
this whole thing is going according to plan. They've taken someone like Tom, someone who's malleable, somebody they can, tr- can control, obviously, and maybe he really believes all of the stuff that he's putting out there. And he has said some pretty strange things, things about seeing, you know, stuff that, that he couldn't sleep for three days afterwards. Uh, is He's very much, in the past interviews, uh, suggested that he has seen the dark side of this stuff. But he's just got to take it on faith, man. You know, if you meet a vampire and you find a bunch of dead bodies in the closet, it's a good time to go home. Not say, well, maybe the vampire has a good side to him. What these guys are doing with the UFO subject is they're just painting over all of the potential dangers, all the potential destructiveness, all of it. They are closing off all of the real questions that need to be asked. They're taking that dead cow who nobody can, can explain what happened to five or ten gallons of blood. No one can explain that. This cow fall, this bull falls over dead. It's got like, I think, eight and a half gallons of blood in its body. That's all disappeared, evaporated. Okay? And someone says, not one drop of blood. Conspiracy thirst! No, no, no. I'm just asking where the blood's at. There's always going to be blood at a crime scene. But there's no blood at this crime scene. What happened to it? Conspiracy theorist! You're crazy! No, no, no. I'm not crazy. I'm asking a legitimate question. You had a 1,200, 2,000 pound animal killed, and it's basically bloodless. Bloodless. Where did the blood go? Simple question. Why are they doing this stuff? Where are the tracks? Nope. We can't talk about that. We're talking about Tic Tacs right now. We're talking about this really cool looking, very blurry shaped Tic Tac that's darting across the sky. And we got some cool Top Gun pilots to talk about it. Very interesting cats. Now, we're not talking about cows being mutilated. That's scary stuff. You don't want to scare them off. You don't want to get the back of their hair standing up. Abductions. Now, we don't want to talk about that. People being strapped down to tables and being subjected to all kinds of torturous experiments. And then passing multiple lie detector tests afterwards. Uh, No, can't talk about that, Tom. Implants. Can we talk about implants? We found implants stuck in people, made from material that didn't come out of this galaxy, according to metallurgists. Crazy little suckers moving all over the person's body. Seem to take on a life of their own. They seem to be intelligently controlled. Some of them making, uh, some of them sending out radio, uh, radio pulses at specific levels that should not be happening. All kinds of really fascinating, crazy, dark stuff happening. But anytime this stuff, the real interesting stuff that goes on in the UFO phenomena, the real interesting stuff, that stuff that almost crosses the line into black magic, that stuff that's going on. Ooh, we don't want to talk about that because it could be evil. There's a chance. Maybe some of them are. You know, Dr. Lear, whatever, says he thinks that the UFO guys are good, but the bad stuff's all created in labs by the U.S. government. I don't know, but it's out there, whatever it is. But Tom ain't talking about that. Tom's going to keep you distracted with Tic Tacs and fancy fighter planes and really smart, super qualified guys that used to work for the CIA. Well, we've seen what some of those guys did with Theranos. They fell hook, line, and sinker for a woman who pretended that her husky was a wolf, 
wore the same dirty black sweater every day and talked in a fake baritone and is now looking at spending possibly the rest of her life in prison. Just saying. Oh, I'm assuming she's innocent until proven guilty. But those guys got their money and a lot of other people's money tied up without even saying, Hey, can I send over my expert to test the box? So just because somebody worked for the Pentagon or some other government agency for 15, 20, 30 years and drew a big fat salary and sat behind a desk and did nothing all day does not make that person a valued, eminent expert in the field to me. I have a lot more respect for the reporter that walked out there in Washington State or Oregon, where it was at, walked up to that dead bull and said, where's the blood? I don't see a single drop of blood. I have a lot more respect for the average layman that can ask a simple question, okay, an insightful question, than I do for any of these big shots that can't tell me how they got the video to begin with and why, they're, and why they have the right to make so much money off of this, what should be information that's released to the public domain. So in answer to the question, where's Tom DeLong been? Well, apparently Tom's been laying low because they can't have any of this crazy talk going on. Okay, They've got to calm things down a bit. Tom, you know, Tom did get some of the real stuff out there. I mean, he was talking about some of that deep, dark stuff that intersects with black magic. And people are like, oh man, maybe these things aren't so unidentified after all. Maybe this is some... Maybe this is some real dark stuff that's been around for a real long time, man. I'm not sure we should trust it. Tom says, don't worry about it, man. Go back to sleep. It took me three days to get back to sleep, but I did get back to sleep. And I'm just going to put my trust in them. Right? Right? I'm not. I'm not putting my trust in Tom DeLong or any of the rogues gallery that he has working for him. And I'm not spending much time watching the identified, unidentified series. I keep scouring the internet for stories on cattle mutilations and abductions and everything else that's going on. And I'm going to tell you something. It's getting harder and harder to find all the time. Because the people that run things don't want you to know. That's my opinion. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.